This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 1401, How Trump Fuels the Culture Wars with Fear. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, downloaded more than 150 million times. Are you feeling stuck with your English? We'll show you how to become fearless and fluent by focusing on connection, not perfection, with your American hosts, former IELTS examiner Jessica Beck and Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, coming to you from Denver and Portland, USA. Today is the third episode in this four-part series on civil rights in the U.S., Today, we examine civil rights from the angle of the current president and his platform. Listen in to learn what's going on. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Jessica, how are you doing today? Woo! You Ooh. know, that that's kind of a loaded question. Like every day, <laughs> it seems like. what uh, We say that a lot right now. What does that mean, loaded question? Loaded question. It means that there's a lot there in yeah. the asking and in the answering. Right. You know? Yeah. Especially if it seems like it's usually a simple question, but right now it's not, right? right. Just like, how are you? And the other person's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it means that the answer would take a long time. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we're back, though, Jessica, and this is in our bonus series on civil rights in the U.S. Now, guys, yes. if you've been paying attention to All Ears English, you know that we have covered this topic in the last couple of weeks, and now we're here for episode three. Jessica, what have we covered so far in this series? So in the first episode, guys, we tried to give you um, the best timeline we could of sort of the history of racial inequality in America, right? Because this is the context we need to understand what huge reactions are happening today regarding police and race and all of this stuff. So yeah. we gave you a great sort of history um, in the first episode, and then in the next episode, um, we uh, we started talking about stuff related to the police and mm -hmm. zoning in more on those events. Yeah, we talked about, you know, why are police, why are the cops able to get away with what they get away with? Like, what are the systems that enable them and allow this to continue without them being punished? So, guys, we made some really good podcast recommendations there. So check out that episode as well. All right, Jessica? Yes, I actually have been listening to some amazing podcasts on um, mm. the history of policing in America and where it comes from and how not uh, many civilizations had police as we really? think of it today and mm. where our police started. So maybe that's a topic for another episode. We'll have to come back to that topic. <laughs> yes, it is fascinating. Yeah, okay, we'll circle back around. We'll circle back around. So guys, this episode, you know, 1401, we are now going to look at this from a third angle, an important angle, and that is Trump's political platform, right? Trump uh. being in the White House and kind of what he stands for and how that is coinciding with this movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, what's going 
going on there. So let's yes. get into it, Jessica. Oh, let's get yeah. into it. Um, he, you know, he he has always run on a platform of hate. Yes. And if you contrast him to other people that we call leaders mm-hmm. who try to bring people together, he mm-hmm. does not do any of that. And you could see that in the way he has reacted to not only the police issue and the Black Lives Matter movement, but also the health crisis. He yeah. he did not lead in any no. significant <clears throat> sense of the word. And many people say that he caused more division. Yeah, absolutely. And and we'll talk about the health crisis in the next episode a little bit in a couple of weeks, guys. But for sure, I mean, you know, when I think about, you know, who what he has done, essentially, he just has a very loyal base of followers. And I'm curious if it's going to work a second time, right? Because he's kind of created this sense of us versus them, his whole idea around this border wall idea to erect a border on the border with Mexico. It's all about making people feel like they have been disenfranchised. Um, And it's not true. It's telling a bunch of lies. But exactly. But the problem is right within his base, he's got an extremely loyal following. I think it's what is it like 30% of voters? I, I really have a hard time believing it's that high. But obviously, for him to be elected, <laughs> you know, I think at this point, it's around 30% or 40%. Well, he um, I mean, the, you know, the, the the classic question of why did he get elected in yeah. the first place? And why do people still follow him? It's mm-hmm. exactly that guys he taps into fear, yeah. right by creating hate by mm, empowering people to look at themselves as a victim mm-hmm. of yeah. whatever of the system of, you know, yeah. um, like, telling people, you know, I know life is difficult. It's not your fault. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's the fault of the media. It's the fault of these other people. It's the fault of the elitist liberal media, right? Um, So he's empowering people to to feed into that hate Mm -hmm. and that separateness. And even though he says, you know, he's not racist, his campaign people are like, he's not racist. Well, you could say He's that a number of tweets have been racist, but oh, sure. his um the, the way that he speaks empowers mm-hmm. people who are racist. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And his approval rating is really low. I mean, I think I read somewhere that he's the first president in history who has never had the support of the majority, not even right. on day one. Like right. his <laughs> approval rating was always below 50%, which is the first time ever. So don't get us wrong, guys. He's not, you know, in general, he's not a popular president, but he has a base that's extremely loyal and that buys into his view on life. Yeah. Yeah. But increasingly, there are a number of Republicans in his own party that are finally starting to pull away. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> he has actually lost um, the military endorsement as well after yeah. what happened um, when there were protesters in front of the White House recently. Mm-hmm. And um, he called in the military to yeah. tear gas them yeah. so he could take a picture with a Bible yeah. in front of a church. And yeah. the military leaders later said, we regret that. It shouldn't have happened. So um, more quickly these days, he is turning people away from him for sure. He really is. I mean, I actually wonder if that event, Lafayette Square, where he did that is going to become like a very famous name in history, an event, a famous event in history. I wonder. We never really know right until later what shakes out as one of the big events in history. But the symbolism, what he did, right, using the military against protesters, our First Amendment, you know, free speech, it's so important to us as Americans. And that's really what he was 
working against and uh, mobilizing the military to work against freedom of speech, right. which is a huge deal. Huge it's enormous. Deal. Okay, but anybody yeah. that talks about the First Amendment being so important, some of those people are like on his side. And here's the right. thing, guys, like if those were protesters that were like for him, if that was mm-hmm. like a rally oh, yeah. of people that liked him, it would have been fine. <laughs> you know, he would have been putting his arms around them and saying, this is the most tremendous number of people that have loved me ever. Um, Right. The sort Mm -hmm. of exaggerating everything. Um, So let's get into Mm -hmm. a little bit of specifics um, about his reaction to George Floyd's death, which was the event that set off all of these massive protests and Mm -hmm. hopefully setting off change as well. Um, So what what were some of the initial responses to the protests? So one of the big issues, you know, is this idea of police being able to put chokeholds on people, right? When they are arresting them or detaining them or some kind of a thing like that. So some of the comments that he made were that it sounded like the response to this event was innocent or perfect. You know, when when you start saying things like that, you're tr- it's kind of like he, he kind of speaks in dog whistles in a sense. Like he sends out <laughs> messages. They, I've heard that actually being said before. Like he sends out messages to his base. It's supposed to... Uh, kind of evoke that reaction and yeah Yeah. just yeah it's incredible (laughs) america we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights life liberty and the pursuit of happiness at grand canyon university we believe in equal opportunity and the american dream starts with purpose to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. So, yeah, I mean, a, a, a lot of what he says you, doesn't make any sense sometimes, no. but the stuff that does make sense is horrible, largely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so he started off by saying that police chokeholds he thought were innocent and perfect, mm-hmm. whatever that means, but yeah, he whatever they're positive. But then he did follow that by saying, you know, Generally speaking, maybe we shouldn't do that. So yeah. again, like he really, he really practices double speak in a really way does. that is extraordinary. Yeah. And, um, and just, just to dive in here, another example yeah. of that would be two summers ago in Charlottesville when oh, there. Gosh. Remember when he said there are great people on both sides of the debate yes. or something like that? When exactly. it was, you know, I think it was members of the KKK that were in there protesting, exactly. right? So he, and that's another example of how he says things that are clearly giving permission to hateful groups to act okay yeah exactly and um he yeah he just he tries to play both sides so what he says first will be his real feeling whatever he thinks Mm -hmm. that day that he Mm -hmm. loves chokeholds and they're great or that (laughs) you know the kkk should be outside in plain view um and then he'll like he'll follow that with some general statement However, which his aides wrote probably happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then uh, since then, he he has shown um, extreme insensitivity to George Floyd's death and Mm -hmm. to the subsequent protests and the whole Black Lives Matter moment. So Mm -hmm. movement. Um, So, for example, um, in when he was making a speech on Friday Mm -hmm. and talking about how our economy is so great, which by the way, not true right now. But he, you know, he says we're doing great. Numbers are tremendous, blah, blah, blah. And he said in um, in that speech, he said that George Floyd is looking down, smiling about what we're doing right now. Like, what? 
<laughs> yeah. No, he, yeah. Just unbelievable the things that he says sometimes. It's like, it feels like every day, I think our country is just fatigued. We are exhausted it's of this so exhausted. because every day there's something new on the news that honestly like hurts my heart. <laughs> yes. I get stressed out when I read it because it just, it, this is not what our country is. We are better than this. So uh, and we better. need a leader that can lead us in a better way. So we deserve I'm, better. Yeah. I miss Obama so oh, much. Oh, I loved him. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about just the most recent, as of recording, okay. um, the most recent sort of horrible insensitivity that he has shown, um, an unspoken approval of you know, the the most horrible people like white supremacists and the nationalist movement and stuff. So recently, guys, um, it was June 19th, which is known mm -hmm. as Juneteenth. It is a, a day that is celebrated by African Americans because that is the day that slavery was officially ended. June mm -hmm. 19th. Okay? Yeah. Yes. So this happened to be on um, at the same time that Trump wanted to hold a rally, mm -hmm. which, you know, maybe we could talk about that in the next episode mm -hmm. as it connects to the health crisis. But he wanted to have a rally, guys. Um, he yeah. had a tough time finding a place for it, but he originally planned it for June 19th, which yeah. really angered the Black Lives Matter movement. Of course mm -hmm. it did. Yep. Yep. Um, and <laughs> um, but then sorry. And then the next okay. day he changed it. Right. He changed the date to June 20th. So, OK. But then the location he chose, everyone, was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm. which is the home to the worst massacre of African-Americans at one time in yeah. our history. Yeah. Have you heard of this, mm. Lindsay? Um, I haven't actually. Black Wall Street. No, I didn't. I didn't know about that area of Tulsa. But I do think this was purposeful. You know, the choice yeah. of trying to schedule this. I don't think it just happened to be that he wanted to rally that day. I think he chose that day as a rally day to make a statement, yeah. you know, and the location and the location. Absolutely. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, so guys, I'll just explain real fast what Black Wall Street was, um, because this is a very important part of our history. And to be honest, I had never heard of it. Yeah. My sister had never heard of it. This isn't taught in our history textbooks. No. Um, so in 1921, guys, there was still a lot of segregation laws on the books, especially in Oklahoma, and mm. black people were not allowed to participate in the economy to the same extent that white people right. were, right? You can't have these bank accounts. You can't own businesses. So they um, they owned a large portion of Tulsa and developed their own successful, thriving economic community. Mm. It was amazing. It, they were, at the time, the most successful African-Americans Oh, wow. um, that existed at the time in America. Wow. Um, so long story short, it was called Black Wall Street. White people didn't like it, and they attacked, and they killed at least 300 black people. The numbers are difficult to pin down, but it even included airplanes flying over and dropping bombs wow. like on okay. this area. It was demolished. Oh, my gosh. Um, so anyway, that mere blocks from where this happened yeah. was where Trump held his rally. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And again, yeah. I don't remember learning about this particular event in school. I do think we have right. a lot of gaps in our textbook education. You know what I mean? In Definitely. school, a lot of important things we don't learn. So we have the responsibility to educate ourselves on this as adults, for yes. sure. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So he's decided to hold this on Juneteenth or around Juneteenth in this area near Greenwood, Greenwood Avenue, Black Wall mm -hmm. Street. Not a coincidence, right? Yes. No, of course <laughs> not. Um, but I mean... 
The silver lining here is that there was a much lower attendance to his rally, guys. It was much yeah. lower than he anticipated. Oh, so hopefully that means more people don't like him. I know. I mean, if you look at the visuals, they're pretty bad. Oh, it, so bad. You look at the visuals, like the entire upper row, like huge swaths of the seating is just empty. And yeah. this may be because of the pandemic. I mean, probably that's part of it. But I'm hoping that we're starting to see the results of a of a president you know what I mean yes. I'm a president that just doesn't lead us well um exactly and a exactly. lot of, a lot of people are starting to you know write up and speak up about it you know we had who was mm-hmm. the general that spoke up a few weeks ago it was general oh who gosh was I'm that? not Petraeus? His was name. It not Petraeus um I can't remember and I know a new book is coming out by John Bolton, John Bolton. and he's saying yeah. that you know another another um term for trump would be devastating for our country yes yeah, yeah exactly so, so there yeah there there are a lot more books that are supposed to be published yeah. by quote unquote insiders that um the trump administration is t- trying to suppress as they did with john bolton's book yeah. um but i mean ultimately guys what it comes down to is there are more and more people speaking out against mm-hmm. him and more and more people listening yeah. um and that's the best we can hope for at this point before the next election you know, I think ultimately this is a real test of America. You know, mm-hmm. you know, when he first got elected, my smart friends were saying, don't worry about it. Like our system is set up for this, right? We're set That's up I to, thought too. to check, to have a check on leaders so that we could never have an authoritarian president. Um, but as the last four years have gone by, I feel like he's really, he's kind of seeped into our culture in a way. And that's why I feel like this moment is a test. You know, does he get reelected? Do we really take this on as a country or do we, you know, are we able, are we strong enough to rise up against this? So to me, it's a big question mark still. What's going to oh, happen? for sure. Well, especially after, you know, what we experienced in 2016 with him getting elected, it sort of ruined all mm-hmm. of our uh, hope and expectations and trust yeah. in America after that, right? Um, so we're trying to get that back now. Uh, but his, I mean, like Lindsay said, his approval ratings are very low. So there's that. And there's more people speaking up against him. Um, I mean, Joe Biden, he was the vice president of Obama. So at least he's connected to yeah. our favorite person, <laughs> you know? I mean, there's hope. Oh, there's hope God. for the future. There's <laughs> hope. So let's just see. I mean, it's going to be a very tense and ex- exciting, but very stressful election season over the next five months or so. Um, but stay sure. tuned, guys. We will definitely be talking about this a lot. And in our next episode in this bonus series, we'll come back and look at the civil rights movement in the U.S. from the angle of the pandemic. And how has that created all of this to come up now? And, and how do those two connect, guys? All right. Yeah, cool. it's so fascinating, guys. Um, definitely, if you didn't hear the first two episodes in the series, go back and listen because they do build on each other, yes. right? It is getting all of this context. So you can't actually understand um, all the divisiveness and all the change mm-hmm. that's happening in America right now. Exactly. All right. This has been good, Jessica. I will see you on the next episode in the series. Sounds good. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Bye, Lindsay. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. If you are taking IELTS this year, get your estimated band score with our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com slash my score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.